Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Coming up on In Flight Snack, a great, great interview with Chris Myers, who's going to be broadcasting the Jets game on Sunday for Fox Sports. He's going to be on the call on the play-by-play. We talked about his career, some of his finest moments in his career, some of the most interesting moments in his career, including Antonio Brown running off the field against the Jets, which he was on the field for, an on-field proposal that he was on the broadcast for. So, so many different things that we talked about. And we previewed what may be Bill Belichick's last game as a New England Patriots head coach against, of course, it's against the Jets on Sunday. So all that and a whole lot more coming up next on In-Flight Snack. With NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, BetOnline has you covered with all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use our promo code, that's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code Believe at Bet Online, where the game starts. The snap clean, the placement down, the kick is up, and the kick hooks to the left, but it's gone! Inside the left upright for Zerline, and the Jets win it in overtime, and honestly, I'm not sure how! It's a toss for Powell, he's got the angle, he's got blockers, Powell working the sidelines! Goes all the way. Touchdown, Jets. Yo, it's Quinn Wins here, and you listen to In Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In-Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Rami Lavi. Bilal Powell is out today, but we had a great episode. We previewed the Jets game. Uh, I talked to Chris Myers, who is going to be on the call for Fox Sports uh, on the Jets game on Sunday. He's going to be doing play-by-play, so it should be a really fun conversation with him, or it was a really fun conversation with him. Already had it. So uh, really appreciated him coming on. We had a great time. Talked about the game. uh, Talked about a bunch of different stuff. Obviously, you guys know, if you've been listening, when I get on here, especially with a broadcaster, I like to talk career. I like to talk about the things they've done, how they got to where they got in their broadcasting career. That's something that I find to be interesting. And I think it's interesting for the listener as well. So great conversation with Chris. Talked about the Jets. By the way, there was another game he covered, and we talked about it. He was the one broadcasting the game when Antonio Brown ran off the field shirtless against the Jets uh, when he was a member of the Bucks in 2002. 21 i want to say um so wild stuff we didn't get to everything it was it was crazy we had so much to talk about but uh he just everything he brought up i was kind of wanted to oh let me talk about that um so i had a million questions written down even without Bilal. um you know being there i had a ton of questions and we didn't even get to all of them uh so it was awesome we did almost 30 minutes which again he was incredibly generous with his time so uh really fun conversation with chris that is coming up right now I'm 
All right, joining me now on In Flight Snack is a great guest. He's going to be calling the game in New England this weekend for Jets Patriots. That is Chris Myers. Thanks for joining the show. Hey, good to be on with you. Look forward to it. So before, when I get into this, I, this is the first question I ask anyone. We had Kenny Albert last week. We've had people in broadcasting. And I always am curious, and maybe it's just me because this is something I'm trying to make as a career. And Bilal also is trying to go from the NFL career into an, a, a career in media and broadcasting. One of the interesting things, I always ask about the career broadcast, the career background. So I, I do want to ask about that. But one of the interesting things I've found specifically with play-by-play is the only way to get a play-by-play gig is to have play-by-play experience. So it's kind of a catch-22, right? The only way to get a play-by... So someone has to give you that first chance. What was that first chance for you in that in your career? Yeah, and you're right about that. And usually guys grow up doing minor league, you know, in the play-by-play world, right? Uh, I'm sure Kenny talked about, you know, minor league hockey. There's guys single-A ball, right, that, that get the... And then work up double-A, triple-A, get a shot at the majors, or if they're doing NBA, D-league hoops, whatever, gets them there. I was always a studio from local TV, Miami, and then with, with ESPN uh, and even Fox, more of a of a studio host for football, whatever, uh, and I, but I wanted to do some play-by-play with the NFL, and so I was a field reporter for a number of uh, Super Bowls with Fox, with Pam Oliver, and then Aaron Andrews uh, doing sidelines there. But really, would fill in once in a while, you know, on the on the play-by-play crews with Fox because they were set. And I actually, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm originally from Florida, gave me a chance to do play-by-play in the preseason back when there were more games. And so that's where I got enough experience, showed Fox the tape and said, hey, I'm not just filling in, I'm capable of this. And and Eric Shanks, who's who's running the network now, who's worked his way up in the company, gave me the full-time opportunity. said, boy, we see you work on these other things, uh, you can handle NFL play by play. And so that was kind of, it's a different path, you know, but, but, uh, and I, and I, that's really the only sport I've done some baseball, uh, a little bit of some, some basketball college hoops, but I really wasn't as interested in that as doing play by play on, on NFL or, or college, but football. And, and so that's, uh, and still keeping some, some studio uh, jobs uh, within the Fox world of, of things and, and some outside stuff. So that was kind of the path that I took. You know, it's interesting. You say it's a different path, but I found that there isn't a set path. There isn't like one path. So, I mean, that's to me, it's like, yeah, that is the path that you have to kind of pave your own lane. Am I right? Yeah. And and there's always, I mean, if, if, if there's a, there's a pattern in a way that other people have done it and then historically works. But I think, I think Rami, even getting into the business, you know, I got in times were different, but now there's so many different opportunities with social media and team websites and things like that and YouTube. But I got in by calling a radio station, sports radio. I know you're with WFAN as well. And I, uh, as a kid, I would call, you know, you're supposed to call this once a night, but I was a teenager with a deep voice. So I would call as as one guy, and then I disguised my voice, <laughs> call back, and just so I could get on the air more to talk more sports when I was supposed to be doing my homework. And I'd agree with my earlier call, and that uh, that they invited me down to the radio station on some fan night behind the scenes. This was like a small five thousand watt station in Miami Beach, and so while I was still in high school, that's kind of how I got my break into uh, the radio world. And then, of course, you you want to be in television, and then you want to be local, and then you want to be national. There's all these next steps, and other things have to happen. But your point is a good one that. There's a lot of different ways to, to get in. People have come from writing backgrounds, from legal backgrounds. Uh, but if they, you know, hone their craft, if they're ready when the opportunity comes, whether it's play-by-play or getting in to television or, or broadcasting of sports, uh, there's just a lot of ways for you to find your lane and and find your way in. You know, it's funny now in the system. I don't know when you were calling it. Maybe it was different. 
Uh, but we track who's calling by the numbers and everything. And so we, we see that. And just for like, mm-hmm. I just was curious last week, I looked at my phone number. I wanted to see like, and I called in to Craig Carton and my, this was before I worked at the fan and my rate of success, how many times I got on air versus was like in the 80%, like I was getting on air almost every time I called, like way higher than anyone that I take on there now. So I guess, uh, you know, maybe, you know, kind of gave me that boost. Like, Hey, they liked me when I was calling in. So, uh, that's interesting. You mentioned, uh, the bucks. Did you grow up a bucks fan? No, I grew up actually, I, I went to school, high school with Don Shula's sons, uh, in between their years, uh, Dave and, and Mike. And so in, in the North Miami area, uh, of South Florida, my family eventually moved more more north. So I went to high school and w- w- grew up. So uh, I, I I was around the Miami Dolphins a, a lot more. So I but it's funny even then as a kid, I mean I wanted them to do well, but I I kind of always wanted to live out on the West Coast. And so I and I rooted you know for the Lakers and the Dodgers, some of those teams, the Rams when they were in L.A. Uh, so I, I yeah kind of I guess an L.A. Rams fan is what would define me when I was when I was more of a of a kid or watched uh, more television. Uh, than than a Dolphin fan, but the Bucks certainly were a team. I, when they finally came into the league, I felt bad for them. Then they finally broke through and won. And so, uh, and then recently with Tom Brady, they're they're easy to root for in in that regard. So I, the reason I ask is because then you got an opportunity to work with uh, Rondé Barber, correct? And yes, with- and, with, and that was right. That was terrific. I actually worked with John Lynch in the preseason games uh, before he went to Fox with with the Buccaneers and uh, TV. And then he went to Fox, and then of course he's moved on to the 49ers. So, so two you know great legends of, of Buccaneer history. Uh, but even through Fox, I, I love working with different analysts. You know, Daryl Johnson. I've worked with Troy Aikman at a different a different level. Robert Smith, now former Ohio State Buckeye, Viking running back, and uh, you just you know you learn a lot through their eyes. Even with all the football you've seen and the games you call and the people you've interviewed, uh, you work alongside somebody and you get to get a sense. There's always new nuances to the game that they show you talk about or, or teach you. So that the Fox is broadcast are usually analyst driven. And then the producer, but we can kind of follow their path other than play by play, you know, covering the basics down distance injuries, who's in, who's out. And then, and then having a little chemistry when you can. Yeah. I assume working with Rondé is kind of just like working with Tiki with a beard. And I can't say enough. <laughs> Tiki has been the best guy that I've gotten an opportunity to work with. Um, I, I mean, just the nicest guy and just such a good dude. So, yeah, they are both, and you can tell they are both very smart, very dedicated when they do something. Obviously, they were they were great players, and now they're in the media in their own form. Uh, but you can tell they were raised the right way and, and have the right approach to things and dealing with uh, with people. And so, yeah, I've, I've interviewed Tiki in the past. I've worked with him, obviously, but worked with Rondé and still work with Rondé every preseason and 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 stay in touch. I was really happy for his uh, Hall of Fame. It was it was well deserved. Should have come a little sooner, but the good news is he got in. Well, hopefully soon with Tiki because, you know, he got the yes. nomination this year, finalist this year. And I think Rondé has a lot to do with that. And the way they pushed yep. each other in their careers and now kind of pushing each other beyond their careers is is really cool to watch. Um, shifting gears to this game. Actually, before that, you mentioned the Rams. So you're a Rams fan. You called their game, what, three weeks ago or something like yeah, that? Yeah, against Arizona when, yeah, it was kind of a, a tipping point of the, uh, yeah, the season. So for that's that. what I'm yeah. going to ask about. So yeah. th- this surge that they've had the last few weeks, what like what have you seen from the Rams? 
Yeah, and it's tough. It's tough, uh, you know, calling when you you grew up a fan of a team. I mean, things have changed a lot, so now you're a little more balanced. Now you kind of, first of all, you always you always root for a close game. They always tease me, the crew, like Chris. You always want overtime. We're trying to catch our flights, but that that to me says you've got a great game no matter who's playing. But then you end up rooting for uh, certain guys that are likable, or that you know, there's a, there's some like, hey, they haven't won in a while, or they need they've earned this chance, that type of thing. So anyway, with the Rams, I mean, they finally get a Super Bowl for L.A. The L.A. Rams when they traded everything for that moment. Uh, and I'm a golf fan, uh, but Stafford earned that. But then you thought, oh, how many years of rebuild? So just watching them, I was blown away when I ended up calling the guys, keeping an eye on them, but how, how young their defense was around Aaron Donald and then how good some of these guys were that they drafted without a lot of high picks that, that have stepped up on the defense. And then uh, obviously a fifth rounder like you know Nakua and, and also Kyron Williams from the year before, Drafting him in the fifth round, this was a team that you know had to trade all their high picks when they got Stafford and made some made some other moves. And I was like, boy, they're showing you you can hit it right as long as you have a quarterback who's healthy. And that was the thing when Stafford was hurt, even last year, played through some injury this year, had a thumb injury. They were not the same team. But if he's healthy with what they've done around him, I mean, they're a very dangerous team in the playoffs. I I really think their defense plays well. They can score on. On anybody, and they only—I you know, almost took down the Ravens. I lost a tough one at Baltimore. I didn't call that game, but but certainly they showed you something. So yeah, when I saw that game, it was kind of the turning point of the season. Kind of continue. They got on a win there, and then got on a roll, and now they're going to the rest uh, start Carson Wentz against the Niners because they already have their playoff spot locked up and they added him some depth because they tried just throwing a guy in there. And I think teams, even the Jets have, have learned on the Patriots, your backup quarterback, your second, third quarterback are very important. Uh, the Rams learned that they had ripping for one game and, and they lost to the Packers uh, miserably. Their offense w- was out of it. So they bring in Wentz as a veteran uh, just to kind of back up uh, Stafford going into the playoffs. But they're, they're, I would say other than the Niners, I mean, they're a team that could knock off uh, Dallas or, or Philadelphia, then maybe the matchup with Detroit and Goff in the first round could be a special one if if that happens. And it looks like they're on schedule to do that. And yeah, and that's exactly my point because the quarterback makes all the difference. And same like last year when Stafford was hurt. Well, we got our Super Bowl, so it's going to be bad forever. And with the Jets now, there's so much drama and everything's terrible. But it's like, hey, you still have this quarterback waiting in the wings. If he can come back and be 85% of what he was in Green Bay. I mean, he's still a Hall of Fame quarterback. The Jets next year could still be extremely successful, I think. Yes, the de- look, the defense is outstanding. And and if you go back, when, when Robert Sala first took over, they had a lot of young guys. I think they were 32nd last in the league in defense. They had a lot of young guys that, that were thrown in there and played and played. And he's built that defense up. Now they're a top five defense and one of the best in, in football. And now the, the good, if you're looking for good news in this offensive year, I know they had offensive line injuries and they really need to improve that area. But a lot of young players, even you talk about the center, just got forced into to play. And that's valuable experience that's going to help them when they get Rodgers back. And and if they would have gotten just okay quarterback play on a steady basis, you know, you talk about playing four different quarterbacks. And I and I think, you know, Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson, and, and that's their call. Uh, but they didn't handle that well, and he didn't do his part. But but anyway, just just basic quarterback play, uh, I, I think they at least would be in the playoffs or, or knocking on the door. So you're hoping Rodgers at 40, and he'll turn 41 next December, and that's when you're going to be in crunch time. As long as he's protected and healthy uh, through the course of the year, something we'll have to watch even upon his return, well, then you're going to be a playoff contender, and you're in a division, Miami, and 
and, and certainly uh, Buffalo with we'll see what the Patriots and Belichick do. Um, uh, but but I, I, I think you're going to be where we thought you'd be before the Rodgers injury. I hope so. And you mentioned a lot of young guys. So you're prepping for this week's game. It's different than prepping for one. You might get one of those close games that you like, but it might be sloppy. You think (laughs) these teams might be fighting more for the higher draft pick than they are actually fighting for the win. Um, What do you expect to see from young guys getting opportunities or what's the difference really prepping for this game versus prepping for a game that you have two division leaders going, you know, at each other? Yeah, usually you talk about, you know, even if it's for the playoffs or a team's in the playoffs, like we did Houston the other day, last weekend, and, and they had a lot on the line, and they have a rookie quarterback. and a, So here uh, you have, there's a couple of storylines. Obviously, uh, I don't want to talk too much about next year because fans are tuning in for this game. I'm excited because I, uh, you know, I hope we're going to get a lot of snow. That's in the forecast. Uh, one to three inches, maybe a major nor'easter storm up at Foxborough. So this a snow game, and I've called a few of them. Those are a blast. I, as a viewer, I love that. I don't care who's playing. Uh, I know the players. Some of the players have talked about that already. Uh, so uh, as somebody in television, what that will bring to the to the game, and one of those things is, you know, Belichick's probably going to run the ball and pound the ball like he he likes to do. I think that's what the what the Jets expect. So and you've got. Got two quarterbacks that, in all reality, are not starting quarterbacks, but but they're giving it their best shot to show, especially uh, in in a season that we had where you want to earn a job as a backup or a third quarterback somewhere in the league and show that you belong. I I don't think uh, Zach Wilson, just my opinion, I'm not sure what they're going to do there, but I, I probably best if he moves on for everybody. But however the Jets handle that, so and then the other factor is is this the last game of it's kind of the elephant in the room. And and obviously I don't think anything's yep. been determined uh, about Bill Belichick, but his great run in New England, at least it's out there. It's up in the air. Um, he doesn't want to really comment on it. Neither is the owner. There's been a lot of reports. So you have to treat that, you know, that that's a possibility. And, and again, we're calling the game and he's the coach in the game, but, but that's certainly something we, we have to be aware of in our preparation and our production for the audience, uh, for the viewers that, that are watching. I think last year it was Mike and Chris who did the game that was ended up being Rogers last game in, in green Bay. Right. And it felt like, um, you know, they weren't sure if it's his last game. So you have to treat that in a way where it's like, okay, we think it's his last game. We're not sure. So let's, you know, how do you approach that? Yeah. And you don't want to make it see And they're right. It's a tough spot because, you know, I I think in his own mind and, 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 you know, Robert Kraft, they're still working things out in terms of how they want to do it. That that's their right. I mean, we're so caught up in information. This is not just a player move or a trade. This is a major, this is one of the best coaches in the history of the game. And whether he leaves New England or whether he stays and loses some of the control or or whether he's got another team or he just retires, sits out a year. Uh, we don't know that. I don't, I don't even know that they know. And certainly Belichick, you know, he joked if you saw his comment about, you know, well, if I am going to tell anybody, I'll send it out on these were his words, Twitter and MySpace, which, of course, he's, you know, that's Bill. And uh, that's kind of having some some fun with it. Uh, the indication is that, that maybe he won't remain there, but we don't we don't know that. So you don't want to make it sound kind of like the Aaron Rodgers broadcast last year, leaving Green Bay. You want to appreciate the greatness and what they've done there. You don't want to make it sound like a funeral or a retirement party. So uh, we all know it. We'll just work it into the game at the appropriate time. Matthew Slater, by the way, might be his last game. He's been an outstanding special teamer uh, for the Patriots, kind of in that same mode, the son of Jackie Slater, 
the great former Ram and Hall of Famer. So, but yeah, that's kind of how you know the game is the thing, and that's always been the focus. We have so much information, whether I was on the field, uh, sidelines, Super Bowls, or or calling a game uh, for a team that's going into the playoffs or playing out the string. Still, fans care about what's happening in the game first, and and I like that both of these coaches and the players, from what I've heard and the people we've talked to already, and we'll talk more with the Patriot uh, players tomorrow. Um, but but they they're not resting anybody like a lot of these playoff teams. They're they're throwing guys out, and of course a lot of it's in the course of the year. They haven't had a choice with with injuries and things like that. So so they're 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 giving it their their best shot. And we know the Jets' string of you know fifteen straight losses to the Patriots. There's an agenda there uh, to try and uh, to try and end that. So there's a lot of incentive here. I think I think you'll see. Not you know we expect a defensive battle, but with the snow. Uh, you know, who knows, but they're going to bring it there. And as Bill Belichick said, you know, hey, if guys are healthy, they're going to play. Why wouldn't they play? You know, they worked all year. This is another game and, and we're going to put them out there. Yeah. Opportunity for guys on the jets, like uh, Izzy Abanaconda to get some more running and, you know, we'll see how they treat um, obviously Brees Hall, who's been fantastic for them in probably yeah, Brees- I, I, not to interrupt you, but I think the no, chance ahead. of hitting the scrimmage, thousand scrimmage yards, you know, for yeah. Brees Hall, there's some, there's some numbers with guys, sauce Gardner. We, we already talked to him and he's fired. You know, he was like, Hey, well, this is like the first game of, you know, we're treating this first game of 2024 and we want to be one and zero. I mean, he really, he was selling that now, as far as the jets, you know, uh, uh, Garrett Wilson, another thousand yard season, but, but Gibson and, and, and Brown Lee, you might see them get a little bit more in terms of a few, but again, Trevor Simeon is, is, is the quarterback there. So I, I think we'll see how the game goes, but you're right. There's, there's some guys that you're going to get a little bit more of and, and defensively, I know the front line isn't as healthy as they would like, but uh, for the for the Jets, but uh, you know they, they got Mosley, they got guys out there that uh, I think I think the the Jets owe it to themselves and the, the coaches know this that you know they don't want to they don't want to lose to New England again. I mean it's it's ridiculous no matter what the what the standings are, and that's not just cheap talk. I, I think you'll see that and feel that on the field. All right, just a couple minutes more minutes here with Chris Myers, and thank you for the time, but. When you watch the Jets prep and you talk about Brownlee, I'd love to see him more. You talk about some of the young players, but you talk about also building towards next year. It's the first game of 2024. What do you see from this coaching staff? It sounds like they're all coming back. What have you seen in watching their games, getting ready for this game? What have you seen specifically from Robert Sala and the staff? Yeah, I mean, uh, this, it does seem like they're all coming back. But but Sala, when we sat with him a lot during his 49er defensive coordinator days, you had the sense that he had the skill to be a head coach. And uh, there is a, a calming influence. I, I, I Has think that it's changed still, so, since uh, his 49er days? No, I haven't been with him as much as a head coach. I think the first few years he could have done some things better. I think even this year, uh, he's kind of in a roundabout way admitted, hey, we could have handled some things a little bit differently, whether it's a Zach Wilson or maybe some practice type things. He's He's figuring that out. But in fairness to him, you know, uh, they, you know, they've had a lot of injuries to other teams too, but key people. And then starting with Rogers and then it seems like they've had a lot of bad weather games. All right. You guys rain, cold, whatever the, the jets, right. I mean, even in that, you know, that, that signature went, yeah. So this, this you know, snow might be a welcomed, uh, as some players <laughs> said this, if it's the fluffy Lambo kind of snow, it'll be, it'll be kind of fun. So I, I think, Ownership is wise to let this staff go forward, a healthier Rodgers. But you've got to, you know, the offensive line, you got to address that. I mean, you've got you've got the stars, and they right there. You want to Conklin right now? You could probably, if you can get a Laporta type guy, tight end would be nice. 
another receiver with Garrett Wilson, but maybe one of those young guys we just talked about could could step up and maybe some running back depth. But you, you know, you got Hall and you got Garrett Wilson, and and so you put Rodgers in there and you protect him with an offensive line and a defense that is as good as it is, assuming they bring the right people back and they're healthy. I, I, I mean, I think that puts you in the puts you in the mix, and then it's the coaches doing their job. Now, if that fails, uh, well, then I think you might you might see a different reaction from from ownership if they don't with a healthy Rodgers have a much better record because three years for Salah, you know, it's like, you know, whatever the excuses are, you're judged uh, by the record at the end of that fourth year. And you're judged harshly if you, if you haven't had playoff success. And that's how a lot of Jeff fans feel now. It's like, we're not seeing the same in the Rich Samini question this past week. Yeah. You know, we're not seeing the same guy that we saw in, in San Francisco, it feels like, and it, you know, it's a fourth year. It feels like, Oh, well the third year was a wash because we didn't have Rogers, but then you look at Cleveland and it's like, they had success. So, I, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. And you talk but about I'll, the prep. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'll just say that I haven't seen and I haven't called a lot of jet games since Salah took the job. But as I was telling you before we went on, we did. And they were late in the year. So, you know, and he like he's admitted this year's been a nightmare. You know, we, we've had uh, but but I had the game last year with Seattle uh, and the Jets in the year before the crazy game with the Buccaneers, Antonio Brown uh, taking his shirt off. So uh, I but in those moments, I haven't noticed that Salah's changed. I will say it seems like a coach who's been beaten down a lot by whether it's injuries or certain players not living up to the hype, whether that's, you know, the Zach Wilson, a trade like that can bury you. You know, that's why they had to go out and get Rodgers. And then Rodgers, you know, he wants his coaches, he wants his players, and then he gets hurt. You built a team for that. So I know those are excuses, but it's uh, but that's why I think this this upcoming year, 2024, will be the uh, the tipping point, the difference maker. Well, I hope it's a, a good tipping point. And just last thing you mentioned, um, the you mentioned the Antonio Brown thing uh, in that Tampa game. So much of what you guys do is prep, right? And we talked about right. this with Kenny Albert, how the prep that's that's the number one thing for broadcasters. And then there's a moment in a game that you can't prep for. Antonio Brown takes his shirt off. He's running out. How do you react? Do you react to certain things like that happening? I mean, you know, I saw the video going around the Boise State win. You're not prepared for a lateral in that game. You called that game. You know, I saw yeah. that going around the anniversary a couple of days ago. So all these things kind of are it, it's the unprepared and the unscripted moments that make the league special, make the game special. So how do you, I guess, not prepare because there's no way to prepare. How do you? I guess prepare is the best way to say yeah, it for those well, moments. Well, no, but what I think what you're saying is there's, you know, it's the old military expression. You know, there, there's always one more thing. You know, you, you can over-prepare too, which can lock yourself in. But the but preparation and then handling, uh, like much like a player, a coach, uh, under pressure, how you're going to respond. I mean, that's when someone, when you think of like, you know, terrific announcers, Vin Scully calling Kirk Gibson's homer or Al Michaels, the miracle on ice, you know, the, the, you can't script those things. You can have an idea of what's going on in the background and try to know. And those people, you can usually tell those announcers to kind of force things to be too funny, too clever. I've been saving this line. But the best things are the things that you you, you aren't prepared for. However, all the other information we knew going into that, for a perfect example, our crew, and I thought Antonio Brown on the field, I'm trying, you know, Brady's out there and trying to snap the ball. He runs, I thought it was a fan at first without his shirt. And then, then of course, we got the camera on him and when we could, but we knew, um, and I, we didn't think it was going to be a story for us to talk about, but that Antonio Brown going into the game, you know, the Bucks are going to the playoffs and Brady, that he wasn't getting enough of the ball enough, that he was complaining about playing, right? So, and his history, if you, if you follow the NFL, he's had some issues off the field, certain things. So uh, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to, uh, assassinate his character here, but but so you knew enough about okay, this guy could be is is an issue. So when it happened, first once you identify, you're shocked. 
But then it's almost like, you know, to me, the great thing about TV, and, and this is different than, than radio so much, is the pictures could tell the story. I mean, sometimes just watching him run around and say, hey, once you tell people, that's Antonio Brown. Well, we're not sure what happened, but, you know, da, da, and then let us see. And then to say, we know he was upset about playing time. And, and apparently something happened with the coach before we told him to sit down. So you, you've got to read and react. And, and that's the part where you can't plan that but your experience tells you through the years just like that Boise State Oklahoma game and that was the first big you know playoff uh, it wasn't a playoff but they were proposing playoffs for college football but underdog Boise State knocking off the mighty the mighty Sooners now I, the reporter there not only did the two-point conversion with the running back Ian Johnson but I didn't expect I knew that he was dating the the cheerleader and and what had some point you know had some interest but before that interview after the game I I was telling him hey we're going to go live and he said something like you know we're scrambling I want to propose and I thought he was going to propose a playoff type of thing uh and then uh, because he said oh, I want to do this on national TV I'm thinking oh he wants to propose a playoff to college football uh, the girlfriend comes running over. The producer's wrapping me at the end of the interview. And so I'm like, and people said, I, I kind of ruined it. But I was like, yeah, you're going to propose or what? Yeah, <laughs> and then he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And he gets on his knee and, and they end up getting married. Here it is 17 years later. They're happy. They're still together with children. So had we not, you know, those split second things, it's what you ask. You can't prepare for that. He, maybe he did. He wanted to propose. But who knew that he'd be the winner in a you know, a two-point conversion, and, and and I didn't know that, that, that he was planning to propose. He actually left the ring, I think, in the hotel room. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you read and react. I mean, and those are the great moments that that stand out when you when you talk about it, and you hope those happen in a game. You know, I mean, obviously there could be a fumble or 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 a strange play that decides a game, a kick, run back off the blocks or something like that. Uh, but those are the those are the moments that stand out. And with pictures, you usually have, you can breathe a little, take it in and then let people know what's going on and they can assess themselves and then add information that you know from your previous prep or uh, from just what you think you're, you're observing. Yeah, it's not Kenny Albert uh, or not Kenny Albert, Kevin Harlan having to call a uh, streaker on the field yes, on radio. Running on the field, know, right. the Super yes. Bowl. Especially, so. yeah, especially on radio, too, when, yep. he, when he does a radio. And again, the radio description. And he's the most you, descriptive of all the radio broadcasts, yes, too. Yeah. You know? and that, yeah, that's what, you know, radio, you want that. You want everything from what they're wearing to the wind, the reaction. And, and, and TV, obviously, you can you can see a lot of that. That is one thing that I, I know some young, when I've talked to broadcast schools or, or, or different colleges about you know, radio, when they do transition to TV, you, you don't need to overword that. Hey, they're running to the right. You can see they're running to the right, but identify who the running back is or, or you know, it looks clear or whatever. Enhance the picture. Uh, but yes, radio uh, calling a game. And I have not a lot of that. Uh, when I have done it, it's a whole different uh, dynamic because you've got to be descriptive with everything so that the, the people listening are right there with you on uh, whatever's taking place on the field. Well, you guys do an incredible job. Can't wait to hear you on Sunday against the Patriots. Thank you so much for joining us. You'll be on the call against the Patriots Sunday. Know, it's crazy. It's not a primetime game. Jets, Patriots, end of the year. Maybe well, I know. Checks and, last game. And they're both out of it. And, we're, and that's the assumption. And we'll see. And we won't know in the game unless he tells us something when we sit out and and talk to him, uh, but I doubt that's going to happen. Obviously, no. they have to sort. I think they're going to have a meeting on Monday, and that's when things will be decided. But I'm sure they both know what they're thinking. But yeah, we'll we'll kind of glide through that, and and people will hopefully enjoy the game. And if it is his last game as a Patriot, uh, we certainly hope it's a it's a good one, and the Jets put up a good battle there. Well, hey, maybe Aaron Rodgers is the emergency backup third quarterback and has to come into the that's, game. Who knows? I mean, that would be typical Jets, right? Yes, we got to be ready for anything. If he's active, if he's active, then, then we'll take it. It'd be great for him to make an appearance against Belichick. We'd love that. All, All right. right. Well, thank you for the time. Appreciate you. Have a good one. 
All right, enjoy the game. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thanks again. You can hear Chris broadcasting the Jets game this weekend on Sunday in Foxborough in New England, the last Jets game of the year. And guys, look, I I didn't want the season to go like this. I don't think anyone did. When I started this podcast, uh, I was talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And the first time I ever spoke to Blau Powell on the phone, it was like, oh my God, we're going to have this crazy season with Rodgers. And one of the things I told him was this podcast was going to be fun with or without Rodgers. This podcast was going to be fun and great, whether the team was successful or not. And I stand by it. I think the podcast was awesome. I appreciate every single person who listened, who tuned in, who liked, who shared it. We're going to continue in the offseason. We'll obviously recap the game next week. There'll be a lot of stuff happening this offseason. There'll be some trades. I think the Jets should get Mike Evans or maybe Devontae Adams. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. I would love to see the Jets also go after Justin Fields. I don't know what it's what it's going to cost, but I think he'd be perfect for the role that they intended Zach Wilson to have, and I think he's more ready to be a backup quarterback and that you kind of kill two birds with one stone. You have a guy who's capable of being a backup, I think, um, and at the same time can be the future quarterback down the road. I would love to see that. So th- that's what I'm looking at for this week, Sunday. Um, Look, the Patriots stink. We know that. The Jets stink. Would it be typical Jets if the Patriots found a way to lose this game and the Jets barely snuck by with a win and all of a sudden you're looking at this and you're like, oh my God, we won this game. The Patriots go out and draft. I don't know who they think is, if it's Drake May, if it's whoever they think is the best quarterback in the draft. Um, And again, I don't know who that is. But whoever they think is the best quarterback in the draft, if they go out and draft that guy, if it's Jaden Daniels, um, if it's Michael Penix, who I've been extremely, extremely impressed with, and that guy becomes the quarterback of the future for the next 20 years, that would drive me insane. Now, does Bill Belichick, if it's his last game as a Patriot, or with the Patriots, I should say, as the Patriots head coach, does he want to stick it to the Jets and win? I think so. I think he does. So that's also a storyline here. And I think um, Bill probably wants to beat the Jets. All that said, um, I think the Jets are going to win this game because, you know, anytime you don't want them to win, they'll find a way to win. And like I said on last episode, they're going to be celebrating. It's supposed to snow. Snow game is awesome, which means Sauce Gardner is going to be doing snow angels on the field probably um, while (laughs) uh, celebrating a game ceiling pick. I tweeted this out. And then Sala and Rodgers are going to be fist bumping on the sideline. Like, yeah, we won. Um, You know, even if Rodgers came into the game, by the way, I kind of joked about that with Chris. I wouldn't be mad <laughs> like at this point it, it just is what what it is you kind of roll with the punches um and this team what's been a frustrating season but i do believe that next year will be better i do think that the right move is to run it back with rogers you don't bail on the plan just because the plan didn't work uh i've talked about this earlier on the podcast you don't play the results i think they made the right moves and um i think we'll see what happens moving forward you never know i i still don't think robert Sala is a good head coach i think i was a little hard on him on last episode i was frustrated and I guess I should say passionate. That's that's what I am. I'm a passionate Jets fan. I hope that comes across on the podcast. Um, but I still think he's not a great head coach. And I think we'll find that out next year. But uh, right now, I'm not going to be negative about it. It's it's one game. I'm, I mean, we look forward all year to watching the Jets. And this is the last opportunity we get to watch them for the next, I don't know, seven months or something like that, six months. So I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to try and enjoy it, even though it's been frustrating to watch this year. And like Saw said, it's the first game in 2024. They want to go 1-0 in 2024. So it's a good mindset, good way to look at it. And I think um, credit Robert Sala where it's due. That's a kind of a mindset that he probably drilled home in the team because more than one guy said that. And I think uh, they do play hard for him and they do care about him. So I'm curious to see 10 days of rest. They're 
underdogs on the road against the Patriots, which is crazy. This Patriots team is so bad. Patriots are favored by minus one and a half. I haven't seen the Jets beat the Patriots in just like you guys, 10 years now. <laughs> um, it was 2015, so I guess nine years. But, um, you know, still, I, I, I can't. The Patriots are really bad. I can't take the Jets. I think the Jets will win this game. But if I'm a gambling man, I would take the Patriots to win and cover the one and a half. Um, but I still, my prediction is that the Jets will find a way to win and then they'll kill his franchise forever. But that's how it is. All right. Thank you again to Chris Myers for joining me. Next week, we'll be back with Bilal to recap the Jets game and then eventually recap the season. And we'll talk about everything throughout the offseason. We'll talk NFL playoffs. We'll talk about the college football playoff and championship and all that stuff. So still lots to get through, lots to cover. So appreciate you guys listening. As always, appreciate you guys sticking with us. Uh, until next time, Rex. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.